0: You are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. Another week of Yankees baseball and another week of Sam and Steve breaking it down.
1: How you doing, Sammy? Doing well, Steve. Yankees at their high-water mark of the 2022 season, 55-20. and 20. <laughs> 20 losses. That's it. Four, We're four, and two two since, four and two since we last recorded at the conclusion of the Tampa Bay Rays series where the Yankees took two or three, split against the Astros with some absolutely wild happenings, and taking the first two against the Oakland Athletics who have self-destructed their roster, although I was scared shitless when Tony Kemp came up in the bottom of the, or excuse me, the top of the night there, because he hit like seven home runs in six games against the Yankees last year and added another five extra base hits. Anyway, 55 and 20, 12, 13 game lead. Now in the standings, the Red Sox and Blue Jays are kind of canceling out each other. Yeah. Yeah. 12 up in the lost column against the Blue Jays, 13 against the Red Sox. Steve, we talked about it, but I don't want to say is a given. But right now, I'm not looking at the division standings. I am looking at the league standings and focusing on the Yankees having the best record in all of baseball to get home field advantage throughout October.
0: Yeah, I think that's what the Yankees should be looking for, as you said. 55 and 20. I cut you off a little bit there. But it's insane when you hear it out loud all the time. 20 losses. Here we are at the end of June 28th. Uh, that means if the Yankees basically lose every game until July 4th, they're going to have like 25 losses <laughs> at July 4th, which is crazy. It's just insane. Huge series versus the Astros. And if you look at that standing-wise, if you, you take a pause in the AL East, which is a very good division. The Rays, the T- Tampa Blue Jays, and the Red Sox are all, are all pretty good teams here, but we, the Yankees are looking past that, and they have an eight-game lead on the Astros for AL supremacy right now, but Sam, those four games, this is where we got to start. This is where we're going to spend most of the podcast talking about here. The Astros and the Yankees have been a, a pretty fierce rivalry. Two huge playoff series where the Yankees came out just short versus the Astros, and the Yankees are the best home team, best baseball team in baseball. Uh, they split four games versus the Astros. And look, the Astros played pretty good. The Astros proved they are a very good team. And it took two, two walk-offs for the Yankees to win those games. And that includes a no-hitter that the Astros pitching staff had on the Yankees. So there is definitely wasn't a Astros coming to town and getting whooped by the Yankees and the Yankees holding up their supremacy on Major League Baseball. I think for the most part, I'm ha- very happy with this split. But I think a lot of teams are going to be looking at the Yankees past playoff history and saying, okay, they still got to get past the Astros. I don't know how you're feeling about that too, but that's still the mark for me too. The regular season is what it is, but you still got to beat the Astros in the playoffs. And it's looking like we're at a collision course to to face them again uh, in the ALCS as we stand right now.
1: And I'm not putting so much stock into a weekend series in June, when we look at a potential playoff matchup if the two meet down the road. The Yankees are, I think, entering the Mickey Mouse part of the schedule right now where they're going to go for a one-off in Houston on June 30th, and then you're going to fast forward to at some point in July they're going to be down in Houston for two more. So the Yankees are not going to get a traditional series against the Astros. They were scheduled to be there for the second series of the season, but as we explained last week, MLB has made some arrangements to get those games played, missed in the first week at other points throughout the season. But what a series this was. That comeback in the ninth inning on Thursday, highlighted by Aaron Hicks, three-run rocket, and that Aaron Judge getting the green light on 3-0 was a sight to be seen. Kyle Tucker getting the best of the Yankees on Friday night with a big three-run home run, and then Saturday. I want to give credit to the Astros. I really, really do. But it was a really hot day on Saturday. I'm not sure what you were doing, Steve. So I don't blame the Yankees hitters for trying to get to a pool or get down to Point Pleasant to take a dip in the ocean and get a rum bucket at Martell's. It was a hot day. So I can see why some of these at-bats did not look good. It was, and to be honest, I didn't.
0: I was busy. It was like you said. It was a nice day outside at the beach. Didn't watch it. Was shocked to see the Yankees get no hit. And look, the Yankees have the lineup where they can get cold. Look, this is a pitching team that is going to take the you know a few hits and win a game. Much like we saw versus the A's here of a two-one win. Get a couple big hits and let your pitching staff win the game here. Pitching staff, we you know, was great on Saturday, but they, that one or two hits did not come through. And it snapped a really long streak of the Yankees not being no-hit. And of course, the last time they know were no-hit was a a combined no-hitter versus the Astros. Here, um, I'm not going to be too concerned over that. I'm gonna, you know, we are the the Yankees side of this series, so we'll look at the positive things of it. Two walk-off hits by Aaron Judge. Dusty Baker said that it was a two-to-two split, Judge two, Astros two, which I think is a a little bit of a old man. Dusty is is needs to get out of this game. Comment. You guys had a few of them this year, but the Yankees overall had had a good series. Aaron Hicks, another huge home run versus the Astros. You know, definitely his biggest home run since his his Jack off Verlander in the playoffs several years ago. It was nice to see Aaron Hicks get jacked up for 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 that uh, because he hasn't done too much this year. But it was a fun series. Take away the no hitter game. It it was high intensity. Both teams are really looking forward to it, and given the history for it, you know, a split. Look, if they, if they do, we're we're talking down the line. If they do meet in the ALCS or something, it's probably going to be a seven game series. So a two for two split is kind of what you expect for, for first two good teams. And we'll see what kind of you know on both sides. We'll see what kind of uh, adjustments they make at the trade the trade deadline. So it's not even going to be like you said. Don't take too much stock into it. The rosters could change a little bit from both sides, but it is a it's a good series. It's the Astros remain to be good. Jose Altuve. Continues to be a thorn in the Yankees' side and will be for probably the rest of his career. Justin Verlander is back from his Tommy John surgery. By the same time, Luis Severino's back from his Tommy John surgery. These teams are can go neck and neck. And if you're Major League Baseball, you're praying that um, they they meet in the ALCS and it goes seven and you get a Cole versus Verlander game seven because that that might be one of the best highest rated games in a long time for baseball. But it comes if it comes down to someone needing a big hit and meeting a walk-off, and you hope that game's at Yankee Stadium, There, you proofs right there that Aaron Judge is the guy you want up at bat. Two walk-offs here, including the home run, which he didn't think was a home run on Sunday. His teammates and the first base coach had to convince him to run around the bases there. But for someone who didn't have any walk-offs in his career, he's had three this year, including two walk-off jacks in very big games. One versus the Blue Jays earlier in the year, and now this one versus uh, the Astros. So Aaron Judge... The one knock on him has been the clutch hitting and he's probably one of the most clutch players in baseball right now.
1: Giving him the green light on that 3-0 pitch Thursday was awesome and on Sunday seeing him turn around and and look at the first base coach and motion home run and him just trotting around the bases. He he looked weird. He didn't, he had no he had no idea it was gone. He was going to st- captain clutch and I love Carabas voluntarily tagging old takes exposed on the two walk off saying he's never had a clutch it in his life. That is just some great material. Every time judge comes up huge for the Yankees. And but- it happened on the weekend, his arbitration case like he had to walk off on Thursday.
0: The arbitration case thankfully got resolved beforehand, but he was going into a, a court case with the Yankees on, on Saturday, on Friday after the walk off. It was a big weekend for judge for that. Kind of perfectly, you know, bookending that weekend of walk off, getting that nineteen million with some incentives, and then a walk off uh, as well. Um, But there's nothing this guy can't do.
1: Nothing at all. And Steve, did you hear Michael Kay's comments Monday on the Rich Eisen show by chance? Were these the uh, the not overpaying ones? Yes, he, he said yeah. the Yankees will not overpay for Aaron Judge based on what I've been hearing around. Judge wants to be the highest-paid position player and would want $36 million or more a year. I have bad news. If Aaron Judge plays for any other team, aside from the New York Yankees, it's a disgrace on the organization. The Yankees have unlimited money. We've seen it for so many times. Unlimited money. Make sure this guy spends the rest of his career in pinstripes. Do whatever you can. If they don't want to go 10 or 12 years, okay. But they can make this an eight-year deal and make the pot really, really sweet on the financial side of things. And they can go to him and say, hey, Mike Trout got 12 years when he was 27 years old. You just turned 30 years old. We'll give you an eight-year deal Three hundred fifty-four million. I know I've said this proposal before. Eight years, three hundred fifty-four million. It makes him forty-four million per season. It makes up for not having years nine and ten, I believe.
0: For Kay's comments, I'm a little uh, on the fence for it. Like I, I know he's the he's a you know talking piece for for the Yankees and, and everything, but I, I don't. I didn't. I think so. I took it a little differently than other team than other people might. I took it as the Yankees. I think will pay Aaron Judge to be the highest play base player in baseball. But what he says they won't overpay is they're not going to – if Steve Cohen from the Mets comes in with $50 million a year offer, they're not going to meet that overpay. So I took that as they won't match an overpay. But I still – I didn't take it as they're not going to pay him what he's worth. And if he goes on to win MVP, if he goes on to win a World Series, he's going to be worth the highest-paid player in baseball. That's how baseball contracts work. I don't care. I, yes, Mike Trout is – you want Mike Trout over Aaron Judge um, and some of these other contracts that are out there. But you always beat the guy before that. He's going to beat Mookie Betts' number. And if he wants to be paid $36 million a year, I think the Yankees can match that. I don't – I took it more of they're not going to be – they're not going to overpay what another team who's already overpaying beats. So I, I, I'll, you know, we wait and see. You know, several times on the on the pod, we've been talking about the, this contract. Uh, I think as both sides kind of said now, they're happy. He's happy with the 19 million. He's got some incentives for to hopefully win MVP, and he's a very well paid player, and will be paid an exorbitant amount of money next year. But uh, I think it does kind of matter if the, how far the Yankees go in the playoffs too. The Yankees are a first round exit, and Aaron Judge doesn't, you know, carry them to the World Series. Maybe he doesn't get thirty-six million a year. Maybe Brian Cashman looks to to find that somewhere else. I, I in, the end, in the end, Cashman says he wants to be he wants him to be a Yankee. Judge says he wants to be a Yankee. I have no reason to believe that a deal won't get worked out at any time. I don't see Iron Judge not being a Yankee unless either one of those player P teams come out and either one of those people come out and say that there's something has changed. Cashman usually gets his guy. I mean. By usually, like basically always, he gets his guy and sometimes he overpays for it. The Yankees were not letting Garrett Cole go to any other team in baseball. Garrett Cole's a Yankee for another decade. I think the same situation is going to apply for Aaron Judge. So, well, always something to monitor for the Yankees here, too. I did kind of notice a little bit switching from the Astros series to the A series, that Aaron Bru got ejected for defending Aaron Judge again, rightfully so. Another atrocious calls. Aaron Judge leads the league in shit calls since he's been born uh, and Boone really let the umpires have it and then the next pitch I don't know if you saw that, the next pitch was kind of low low and in maybe you know not intentional but given the the huge brawl we saw in baseball earlier this week I found it interesting that Clay Holmes's first pitch in the ninth inning was, was up and in and we know Holmes has unreal control so I think uh, you know Clay was also backing up what Boone was saying everyone on this team is surrounding themselves with protecting Aaron Judge, which is
1: nice to see. That pitch to Aaron Judge that Aaron Boone got ejected on was (laughs) one of the worst things I have ever seen. Did you see the pitching ninja draw the line outside of the strike zone (laughs) that gave, like, three balls? (laughs) And I have never seen anything like this. There have been some atrocious ones. There was, like, three in this game. It was terrible. I cannot believe how... Do you think umpires have had a discussion about this, like the union or whatever? I have to imagine they have. They they
0: they never they never will talk about it because the umpires are the worst people in baseball. They don't give a shit. They they'll protect themselves and protect their own, which is fine. They are literally a union. But I mean, these are atrocious calls. And, and like all of that, Boone was even going after the third base ump through the probably from yesterday's game. He was bashing everybody all around. Because look, how many times has Boone got to say that the guy is six foot fucking seven? Uh, like he, it, the strike zone has to change and umpires are stubborn as hell and they just don't change their strike zone. I mean, the pitch in the first inning, like barely even got to his ankle. And It could have rolled it. it. It's crazy, but it's something that Judge has to live with. And Judge showed a little emotion in the in the eighth inning and that got Boone riled up because once he sees Judge get pissed, which he rarely does,
1: Boone's like, all right, I'll take the ejection. Uh, I let Judge calm down. I love Aaron Boone standing up for his player. You did not see that a lot during the early part of his Yankees tenure, which a lot of people got on him for. So to see that happen is refreshing. And it's something we've been hammering home for a long time, Steve. You're six of doing this podcast, and it's been happening since he broke onto the scene in 2017. Low pitch after low pitch after low pitch. And finally, Aaron Boone said he had enough.
0: That's so. I think that's the third time he's gotten ejected this year on a judge call. So if Boone's getting ejected, it's because Aaron Judge is getting shafted, which is fine. Protect protect the star, protect the face of baseball, the, the face of your the face of your team. The in, in Aaron Judge's misspoken words, the best player on the planet. It's all good to see. But the Yankees were mostly in contention on Tuesday night because of a nice spot start by J.P. Sears, uh, and this is the second spot start he's had. For the Yankees, both times, not giving up a single run. You have, you know, about a month ago, versus Baltimore, five innings, three hits. And then on Tuesday, Tuesday night, he had five and two thirds innings, three hits. Not overpowering stuff. You know, 26 year old making his, his you know his debut here in baseball, but he's starting his MLB career with 12 12 plus innings of uh, shutout baseball. And I think we start to see a little bit more of him. Because as we continue to mention as the year goes on, the Yankees pitching staff is phenomenal, but there are injury concerns and there's not that much wear on some of these arms. Severino's already at 72 innings. Nestor Cortez is at 79 innings. Jameis Tyone at 79 innings. Again, nothing, you know, Cole leads the team with 87 innings, but Cole's the horse of the staff here. Those other guys haven't pitched this much without getting hurt in years, and Cortez just in his career just hasn't pitched over 100 innings. So the Yankees need to start working in that six starter more and more, Um, and I'm curious to see how many more J.P. Sears gets.
1: He's going to be the first guy. He's given the Yankees good length. Uh, He sits about 93, 95 range. Not going to totally overpower you, but he's a tricky guy out there on the mound and only one strikeout tonight he had five in his start against Baltimore last month i think you're going to see the yankees look to sneak him in against some lower competition yeah, maybe exactly. he's going to have to face a toronto or the red Sox offense once in a while but
0: no i think I when think there's don't have to.
1: like i, think, I could, think when there's competition that the yankees are playing that's a little bit less they should look to sneak him in every other week or so. Yeah,
0: I agree. And I look, before the All-Star break, I think we'll go back two turns because you want to keep the guys, you know, Cole's going to want to start on his start every day, and and that's fine. But, you know, if there's got a series coming up right before the All-Star break versus the versus the Reds, throw him out there. We got, you know, to look at the schedule a little ahead, we got seven of our final ten games before the All-Star break are versus the Red Sox. And three are versus the Reds. Maybe maybe you want to just get them get them a few innings versus the Reds uh, and figure it out and, and save some of these you know push push someone back a start uh, if needed so that they don't get that extra start before the the break. So uh, it's it's something to look out for. It did the Yankees did have to make some moves prior to that. To get JP on the on the roster, we said goodbye to Manny Benuelos, who I would like to hope could make it through waivers and back on the Yankee staff. And the Yankees also welcome back Albert Abreu, you know, who was traded in the Jose Trevino deal. But a little disappointed that it led to Clark Schmidt getting demoted because I, I liked Clark and I thought he uh, he didn't really deserve that. But just having the options left kind of left the Yankees no choice for that. So hopefully Clark will be back soon. Um, but I think we're gonna get Chapman back as early as Wednesday or Thursday. So it, here comes the test for Boone now uh, of what he's going to do with the closing situation of Clay Holmes and Aroldis Chapman. Um, I think everybody agrees they got to stay with, with Clay Holmes. He's been one of the best pitchers in baseball. It'll be interesting to see how Chapman does in a non-closer role. It happened a few years ago when he lost control, but the eventual goal was that Chapman is the closer for the playoffs. I don't think that's the case leading into Chapman coming back this year so far.
1: And Chapman was in that fire extinguisher role early in his career with the Reds. He was not... They didn't know what to do with them. He was not that typical closer. You go and look at his stats in his first two years in Major League Baseball. He only pitched in 15 games in 2010, no saves. 54 games in 2011, one save, so... The first almost 70 games of his career, he was not a closer. I think, I mean, that's a long time ago. That yeah, a it's a, a
0: different player ago. there. But but look, I think Chapman, several times in his Yankee career, has kind of been humbled. He still can be an elite stuff. You know, getting that split finger working like he did a couple of years ago, it really kind of saved any velocity he lost, adding that extra pitch. But sometimes he goes through these waves where he's absolutely dominant and then absolutely terrible. This, this little injury stint here gave him a little chance to recoup. And I, I think if you're Boone, you, you got to work it out. You got to give Chapman, I think, a few save opportunities here just for a little ego. Look, you're 55 and 20. You could take the risk of Chapman going out there at a three-run game and getting a save. Uh, this is not... We were talking this time last year when the Yankees were like five, six games over 500 and in fourth place. Then your every game is a must win. You have a little leeway here. It's crazy to, it's crazy to say... But you have a little leeway here to mess around with that bullpen if you want to and take it game by game. And that's how I expect the Yankees to operate, to
1: be honest. I think so, too. I think he's going to get some save opportunities. But we've both agreed. The closer's role does not have to be one certain guy. The best reliever can pitch to the meat of the order in one of the last three innings. And I'm curious to see if Aaron Boone not only takes that attitude with Clay Holmes, but With the role of Chapman and throws him in there. And Mike
0: King, if you want to throw him in there. Get all three of them going. Like, work the lineup. You know, if if Vlad Guerrero's coming up in the seventh inning, let Clay Holmes go up there. And if you got a tough lefty coming up in the ninth, let Chapman do that. You know, you have the options here of kind of going lefty-righty here. Even with the uh, three-hitter rule here, you could finish an inning with a tough lefty and Chapman faces one batter in the eighth inning or something like that. And then you're good to go. So lots and lots of options for a team that's been one of the best – Bullpens in baseball, one of the best rotations in baseball. Getting a guy like Aroldis Chapman back cannot hurt them.
1: I know. And everybody is slamming against him coming back. Oh, Chapman this, Chapman that. I want to see what he has because when he's on, he has electric stuff. But especially in his first few games back, if he's in a safe situation, Boone has to have somebody up and throwing in the bullpen. There's no excuses I know you want to give him confidence, but if he throws two, three balls to starting that bat, somebody's got to be getting up because we <laughs> yeah, know it very on early it depends on depends on the game. We know but, very early on this guy doesn't have it some nights. Yeah, and well, look. You also,
0: if we're going to mention the pitch counts of the starters here, you know Clay Holmes topped. He got seventy innings last year, but he's he's already at thirty five innings this year, so he's already halfway there to his innings max. So. You're not going to be wanting to pitch this guy every single save situation, especially if the Yankees have 15 to 20 game leads like they currently do in the AL East. You're going to be able to let Chapman get one save a week, Clay get two saves a week, King get a save a week or whatever it is. There's plenty of options for Boone and something that we will need to monitor as Chapman comes back. Worst case scenario this weekend could be as soon as this podcast is released tomorrow. So we will... We will see for that. Someone we're not seeing in the lineup too often, rightfully so, is Joey Gallo. And I will, I will admit I was wrong, Sam. I don't want to do it. But Joey Gallo stinks. He, this is not the same guy that the Yankees traded for from Texas. He cannot hit a fucking thing. He still somehow has nine home runs. But the Yankees, I assume at the deadline, are to start looking for an outfielder. The, the struggles of Gallo and Hicks have made Aaron Judge the full-time center fielder for the Yankees. Aaron Hicks had that great home run versus the Astros, as, as mentioned earlier. But overall, Gallo and Hicks in the lineup every day is beginning to be a struggle. Do you see some opportunity for someone like Marwin Gonzalez to get some more at-bats? He hit his third home run of the year versus the A's on Tuesday.
1: I think so. And Marwin Gonzalez entering... Tuesday in his last seven games, and he added another home run Tuesday, 6-for-18, two homers, four RBIs. He's been playing a little bit better, and we remember Marwin Gonzalez from his days in Houston. He's kind of had a rough go since then, designated for assignment last year by the Red Sox. But looking at Joey Gallo, holy shit, Steve.
0: He hasn't had a hit since our last recording. His last hit was June 17th. In his last seven starts, he is 0 for 25. Yeah. And look, he's not, he's, he's not been playing every day. He's getting – when's the last time he's played two games in a row?
1: I'm, I'll look it up right now, but it doesn't seem like it's been he a while. He played all three games at the Rays and the series opener against the Astros. He played four games in a row last week. He it has become such a
0: nothing that I, I am shocked that you said that because I don't even remember a single at-bat he's had in those four games.
1: <laughs> I mean, what do the Yankees do here? Do they le- do they let him have a roster spot when they're trying to contend for a World Series? Do they ship him off to some National League team and get a lottery ticket back? It's t- I don't I don't know, Sam. I don't know. It's tough
0: to give up. I mean, yeah, I think you should give up on him, but it's going to be tough for Cashman to admit how wrong, it, how bad it's gone. And look, they gave up a decent. I mean, luckily, that the Rangers went for quantity versus quality so they got you know more guys here but you know they've given up they gave up some guys that could have helped the yankees either get more pieces or even come up you know glenn otto could have been a guy that that came up for some some spot starts here i'm very interested to see how the yankees handle this at the deadline they are the best team in baseball and you could always improve just i think he'll the, the likelier chance is he's a fourth outfielder versus he's traded
1: I think so too. A fourth outfielder probably is the best role for him, and the Yankees would not give him to any team in the American League. I can assure you that because they well, who, would, who not would want him right to... now? I, I that's the other part of it. Who's
0: going to be looking at this and saying, "Oh, we can fix him." He's been a strikeout guy his whole career. Uh, he gets hot. He gets you know. He, look, he does hit forty home runs a year. But who, if Joey Gallo can't succeed, succeed? New York is always different. I get it. But if he can't hit. Fifty home runs at Yankee Stadium. He's what? What team's gonna take him for their ballpark? It's perfect for him. The Yankees were perfect for Joey Gallo. Of like, hey, just come in and just hit a couple pop ups every week, and they're gonna be home runs. And he can't even do that. It's sad. I have no clue what's happened to this guy. He can't touch the ball that's up in the zone. And look, you just gotta make contact with some of them. You throw the. Did ball you see the-
1: what Stanek did to him the other night?
0: He looked horrible. Every, oh every my picture of something to him every night. It doesn't matter who it is. That was a tough
1: watch. That it's it's, I, it's in his head it.
0: too, and you can tell his demeanor for it. It's all in his head. And uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. It, look, we we it's the complete opposite of Aaron Judge. Like Aaron Judge has taken this opportunity to make himself a ton and ton of money in his free agency year. Joey Gallo, if he put together a good year for the Yankees, even if he hit 200, 210, but he hit 35, 40 home runs. He's probably looking at a $100 million contract from someone. Someone's going to take the chance and be like, hey, he gets on base a ton. He gets on base, but he's got a 276 on base percentage. It's a guy that was on base close to 40% his career. It, it, it's, it's it's all all falling apart quickly for him. So we'll have to see what happens there. Look, We had the big discussion about Miguel Andujar sitting in the minors here. Do the Yankees make that swap? Uh, maybe they, they, they get rid of Gallo and see what Andujar can do. I don't think that's is an actual solution for them because they value defense. This is a team that just went 31 straight games without an unearned run. But maybe he just becomes a defensive
1: replacement, which is crazy. I can't believe that. It is nuts. This was someone in Joey Gallo who the Yankees wanted for a long, long time. Cashman was bragging about trying to trade for him in spring training 2021. And that didn't come to fruition. May- it- there are
0: people were begging for the Yankees to pull the trigger and go Joey Gallo this time last year the Yankees were eight games above 500 this time last year and you could look up the countless tweets of Joey Gallo is the guy that can help bring the Yankees over the top he's perfect for the Yankees and look there's just as many people saying this guy's a disaster he'll never work in New York so congratulations you guys got that right but um I, I was on the, I was on Team Gallo I thought it was a fit and it- it's failed miserably does does do the Yankees now? think he could find a way to turn it around in the second half because I, I got a better shot up there at some of these pitches than he does.
1: Yeah, I don't – And uh, I'm not good. <laughs> That's clear. That's not clear. <laughs> I believe it because he is swinging and missing through every fastball up in the zone known to man. So Look, if he I don't know doing- what they're going to do with him. He did not play Tuesday night. He did not play in two games against Houston. So part-time player. He's just out there to get Aaron Judge. I don't know, away from center field. I mean, Joey Gallo's in right field. It's he's not even, even
0: when he's playing. He's playing right field, and yeah, Judge is
1: their everyday center
0: fielder now. No matter what, he's just now giving Hicks a breather. Or if they don't want to run Stan out there multiple games in a row, and if he was doing what Stan's doing, of just staying, staying had a rough week, but he still hit the ball out of the ballpark four times. So four of his
1: last twenty-one, and his last four hits are home runs. He got an off-night Tuesday against the Athletics. So Stanton was 6 of 55 or something, and that hasn't really improved. He's 4 of 21. He's still hitting in the, in the low 200s, but four home runs are his four hits, and, and that matters.
0: Yeah, and, and that, that's what we were expecting from Joey Gallo, of like, hey, you strike out 10 times but hit 10 home runs, who gives a shit? Um, so, we'll, uh, look, in general, if the Yankees outfield – Aaron Hicks and Joey Gallo are one for their last 45, and that one was the Aaron Hicks home run. Is that any type of combo that you want in the back end of your lineup in, in the playoffs? So you got to think that there is, is some moves there. So if you want to quickly touch on, on a lot a lot of rumors of, of Luis Castillo being thrown around again. This guy, another guy that's been tagged for... A, you know, future Yankee destiny, uh, the pitcher from the Reds. Every year we see his name pop up for for the Yankees. You know, I think there was the, the Glaber Torres trade for him uh, and, and things like that. Um, I, I I tend to think that the Yankees will lean on pitching and let the outfield figure itself out with an in-house thing, but uh, who, who knows what's going to happen. But Brian Cashman's going to be working some sort of on the phone, and I don't know if he can sit there and see a one for 45 out of your combined left fielder and, and be happy with it.
1: Luis Castillo has been mentioned for a long, long time, it feels like. And what the Reds do with him is anyone's guess. But that team has run like a country club in Cincinnati (laughs) out there. I mean, it is. They were so close to the playoffs a season ago, and they just traded away their whole damn team. Luis Castillo having a pretty decent season, two and four, three, seven, one ERA. He started nine games. Real, real nice game on Tuesday, which only gets the, the teams talking even more. And we're only a little over a month out from the trade deadline. It's there coming was up, a, yeah. There was a trade between the Mariners and Royals that sent Carlos Santana from Kansas City to Seattle. Trades are going to be happening. How soon remains to be seen, but I think the Yankees are going to look to add another outfielder. Who that is, I'm not so sure, but this is... Kind of a long term thing we have going with Aaron Hicks here. Joey Gallo is a free agent after this season, and the Yankees are never going to see him again in pinstripes. But Aaron Hicks has three more seasons remaining on his deal ten and a half million and then nine and a half in 2024 and 2025. So They have guaranteed money to Aaron Hicks for the next three seasons after this one, and we talked about it a few episodes ago. Aaron Hicks can no longer play center field every day, so he's becoming a bit of a waste if he's not hitting, and he's had some timely hits in the past couple of weeks. That double rope down the line in Toronto and that huge home run against the Astros, but if he can't play center field every day, which... It clearly can't anymore. That's contract looks a lot worse. Uh,
0: it does, but I'm going to be honest. I'm not worried about Aaron Hicks. I think if the push came to shove, the Yankees can trade Aaron Hicks. Look, the Brewers signed JK, Jackie Bradley Jr. to a two-year, $24 million deal, obviously a much shorter term than what the Aaron Hicks is looking at. But it, the Red Sox I don't, obviously have history with – with him, but they traded away Hunter Renford, who had a pretty good year for Jackie Bradley Jr. at twelve million dollars. And he's he's fucking terrible. So there are I think the Yankees, if needed to, could find if they really, really wanted to get Aaron Hicks off the roster this offseason, I, I don't think they're gonna struggle that hard to do it. Uh, like you said the, the the numbers, yeah, so it's a three year, thirty million dollar deal. I uh, I think you'll find someone that will take that and take a you know a prospect maybe to, to go along with it. But the Yankees can clear that if they really needed to. Um, as you said, Gallo, you will you know probably never see him again, no matter what. It could be as soon as August, but likely in October. But I think pitching is going to be the name of the game. Cashman always, always always wants extra pitching. And we started the episode kind of talking a little bit about JP Sears uh, and some of the other guys in their pitching um, lengthwise. Do you want Jordan Montgomery as your number three or four guy in the playoffs? He's, he's struggled a little bit. His past two starts, uh, including Monday nights in Oakland, the six and two-thirds innings, five earned runs, and then versus Tampa, six innings, four earned runs. So I, I, there, there are ways to improve the rotation. There's no such thing. If you have six caliber playoff starters – That's a good thing. So I think that's what the Yankees want to go into. And maybe someone like Montgomery gets pushed to be a long reliever in the playoffs. And he did did a great job last year in the playoffs too. So it's not like we don't trust Montgomery in the playoffs. But if you're you're Cashman um, and there's a pitcher on the market, I, I don't think the current rotation is going to stop you from going to get that guy.
1: Not at all. And I'm all for upgrading the rotation. There's going to be a lot of options out there. Luis Castillo. Uh, Frankie Montes. Uh, so right. He just he, he just he pitched
0: good. He lost on uh, you know on Tuesday, but it was a two one game, and he gave us you know a single to Trevino and and Marwin Gonzalez took him deep. So I mean he, he's definitely available,
1: and he was the only ace pitcher to stick around through the fire sale that they had. Yeah. So well, he's a free could've...
0: agent, right? So I, I think I think he's a free agent. So the the price for him wasn't as, as it was probably a little too high on the A's standpoint, being that he could be gone. But yeah, you know, the A's are going to get rid of him. He has one more year of arbitration. Even better, he's definitely going then, and his price is going to be high. So, and that those are the type of guys the Yankees love. Do they get a little gun shy, given that they traded a ton for uh, Sonny Gray to the A's, and he stunk? So maybe you know there there is the you have to look at the playing in New York aspect and find guys that can handle the pressure. Because Sonny Gray couldn't do it, Joey Gallo can't do it, and that's that's something that's tough to find when you're looking at
1: shit teams. <laughs> Frankie Montas having a good year out in Oakland for not a very good team. The Athletics have one of the worst records in Major League Baseball. They have the worst, actually. They are four games in the lost column behind the Cincinnati Reds. Run differential of negative one twelve. That is also <laughs> so the bad. worst mark in baseball. And they gave the Yankees a scare on Tuesday night. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with the trade deadline. As we get closer to that,
0: we can go through the individual guys of it all. Sam, so, yeah, before we get into the kind of who's left before the, before the All-Star break and, and the 4th of July break for us as we'll be celebrating it, um, did you see Dave Roberts' comments that he thinks that the A O West is a much harder division than the AL East? Yes, I did. And, and see, can you enlighten us on
1: how he's an idiot? I, I think <laughs> he's things. on. I think he's on drugs. <laughs> uh, I mean, holy cow! He's got the diamonds and they're, Rockies they're, in the Rockies. The, the Padres division. are
0: really good. The Giants are, are are fun, but comparing the four of those, I think to the Blue Jays, Red Sox, Rays, and look, the Orioles are one of the hottest teams in baseball right now.
1: I, Steve, you took the words out of my mouth. The Orioles are scrappy they have formed themselves into a respectable team. They're 35 and 40. You look at last place teams in baseball, Royals, 26 wins. A's, 25 wins. Nationals, 29 wins. Reds, 25 wins. Rockies, 33 wins. The Orioles are 35 and 40. They're only five games under 500 in a division where every team ahead of them is at least seven games over 500. So, the Orioles are no longer a pushover, in my view. Everyone says, oh, you're going to beat up on the Orioles. Give them some respect. Adley Rutschman is hot. Ryan Mountcastle. Cedric Mullins is a beast. We know that. So, it might be time to put some respect on the Orioles. I agree. They're a fun,
0: young... You know, they've got the young talent there. And there's there's no pressure. There's no pressure for these guys. They are just go out, play baseball. And they're, they're playing well versus good teams. You know, they... You know they, they they took a series off the Yankees, which literally nobody can do in baseball. They, they they took a series off the Yankees early to start the year. You know they 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 just put a series with Toronto in Toronto. They they took two of three from Tampa. They are beating good teams, um, and you know the Yankees only play them six times the rest of the year, and that might be a good thing that we we got the Orioles behind us because you know a team that has nothing to play for and is young and exciting uh, those are the dangerous teams. So I, I you know. But we'll, I, don't, I don't think the Dodgers play the Orioles this year. But, um, look, you want to be playing in a strong division and you want to talk up your division to other people. But, sorry, Dave Roberts, the, the AL East is, is better. And I'm not just saying that because I'm asleep by the third inning for all your AL West games.
1: <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. The AL Beast, as we have called it before. <laughs> Rightfully so. Look, We're going to get three playoff teams. I, I don't think you're going to get three –
0: We've got four playoff teams, sorry, uh, given the new rules here. Uh, I don't think you are getting four in the AL, AL West. Um, as mentioned, Sam and I are going to take a week off it's for the 4th of July week here. So let's go through a little bit of the schedule of what's coming up for the Yankees baseball. Um, one more versus, versus Oakland here, and then just a decent stretch. Uh, you know, not, not as intimidating as it was when we, were, we had the Blue Jays, the Astros, and the Rays all lined up. And then we had that weird, stupid game. With the uh, the Astros, who who they moved, they moved Verlander. We ended the episode last week talking about Cole versus Verlander in this weird game, and then they moved Verlander.
1: Yeah, and the Yankees moved Cole as well. With Sears. oh, did they? Uh, oh, right, it's Sears. Yeah. It, it's Severino and Garcia on Thursday <laughs> down in Houston. So yeah, and then after the finale against the E's and. Going down to Houston, three at the Guardians, who have played really well. We talked about the Guardians when they came to New York last time. Uh, they were playing well. Three games over five hundred, uh, And then two at Pittsburgh, and then four at Boston. I will so be there on Saturday trip. the 9th. That's I look forward good. to it in a big way, but what a weird road trip. Like you said, Houston they're flying there after Wednesday's game and then flying to Cleveland for 3 and then taking a bus out to Pittsburgh and then flying to Boston. They're playing four teams on this road trip. Some absolutely bizarre At least stuff. they get a, at least they get a day off for it. But yeah,
0: weird 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 setup here. You know, we we were not going to jump back on before the Boston series here, but a huge series for Boston. Not as huge for the Yankees, but a, but a really big series for the for the Red okay. Sox. To you know, they're they're battling. Like you said they're playing the Blue Jays right now. They just blew it in the ninth inning to to take that loss there. That's that's a tough you know in Boston. You're gonna get you're gonna get Cole at least once, and then you know, uh, really big series for for the Red Sox to to maintain there. You know that they can have a shot here because Yankees go in and take three or four in Boston. We're gonna be looking at the All Star break, and the Red Sox are gonna be sixteen, seventeen games back of the, of, uh, of the Yankees. <laughs>
1: I would love nothing more, and the Yankees really have a chance to step on their throat that series, which would be fantastic. And then at the same do.
0: time, if you're if you're the Red Sox, you're just going to say, "Who cares? It's only July, and we'll see in October because half of baseball makes the playoffs now." But they're they're all important. Anytime Yankees Red Sox are important, any time of the year, I don't care what anybody says. But yeah, AL East right now, twelve and a half up on the Blue Jays, thirteen up on the. Red Sox fourteen up on the Rays and twenty up on the Orioles. The best team in baseball continues to to win series, to win games, and that's all you really need them to, to do for the Yankees. Don't get hurt, win series, win games, and you'll 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 we'll figure out what happens in October.
1: It's that's a great motto, Steve. I'm all in on it. <laughs> we
0: will be back probably after the Boston series. Uh, so I hope everybody has a wonderful Fourth of July here. It, it's 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 always easy to talk Yankees baseball. We we get through forty five minutes here; it feels like ten minutes uh, of talking talking Yankees shop here. But they continue to look at there. Um, so we'll end it ended with something fun here because uh, they're fifty five and twenty. Are they going to get one hundred and twenty wins, Sam? Will can they? Will they break the MLB record for most wins in a series, any a season, regular
1: season? I don't think so. It just I'm not sure they're gonna push themselves like that. It's going to be pretty hard. That's right, fine. So a they, ridiculous number. So will they get 110? Would that, that, so that right now they're on pace for like 118,
0: which is which would records 116, I believe. So do they do they even get to 110?
1: Do they make it interesting? No, they're gonna get between 105 and 108. The oh, the 18 Red Sox won 108. So all right, so that's the benchmark we should be looking for. Get yeah. get to 108. Yeah. Something in between there. Uh, and then I forgot. Pimp job of the week. Oh, yeah. Give it to us. It's got to be Aaron Hicks. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> j- j- just looking towards the dugout and walking to first base. That was fucking he awesome. He may not hit the
0: ball often, but when he does, it, it uh, he pimps the shit out of it.
1: <laughs> I love it. Pimp job of the week. Uh, next episode, we will have another Slim and Sammy's pimp job of the week. Awesome,
0: awesome. Until then, follow me at AngelSteve89 on Twitter and follow Sam at RealSamMars. We'll see you guys later. Have a good fourth. Happy fourth. Go Yanks.